Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. This week, the guys tackle the rising energy prices and how solar panels could affect your home. Congratulations, guys. We've made it to episode three. Welcome back to another crazy? episode of uh, Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Um, but yeah, I'm here with uh, Jameson Amoros. What's happening, guys? Oski Ibarra. He's back from San Diego. I'm back. How was San Diego, man? It was good. It was hot. hot. Went, uh, took the kids over to Disney and went on the hottest day of the week. Oh, yeah. So that was awesome. So not awesome? Mm, so no. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. good. It was fun. It was fun. I'm yeah. glad you got to take the kids out, man. It's always good it to get, great. A, get away, great. disconnect. That's what it's about, right? Have some fun, 100%. Uh, so today's topic that we wanted to jump into is going to be solar panels and how it relates to real estate. Um, going to uh, dive in a little bit to like energy costs, what's, what, what's affecting that and why people are starting to call us and ask us about it. It's quite confusing in a lot of ways. But before we jump into that, uh, Jameson, would you like to introduce our bourbon of the week? Yeah. So today uh, we are tasting Outlaw Legend, which kind of cool little backstory about this. This is actually based out of Castle Rock, Colorado. So um, it is a distillery here. Uh, the distillery itself. Um, what was the distillery on this one again? It was the... Uh, Mystic Mountain. Mystic Mountain. Mystic Mountain Distillery. So shout out to them. Uh, this bottle is 102 of 250. So limited release. I'm excited for it. Uh, a couple of fun facts. So it is aged three years and it is distilled specifically on Veterans Day, which is kind of a cool thing that they do. Um, based out of Castle Rock, supposedly has some chocolate and caramel notes. I have yet to taste chocolate and whiskey, so we'll find out. But um, it's trying to get refined. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I can't taste anything. It's like wine, though, right? Right. Like, if you ever go to like a sommelier, like a, I did one of those classes before, and I went through like an hour and a half of tasting wine, and everyone's like, you have to taste the tannins, and you got to do all these different things. I tasted wine. Yeah. You're, now, you're, you're tasting wine, and spitting, right? right? You're like, yeah. <clears throat> I tasted better wine. Like someone is better, someone's worse. And I with whiskey, if it's smooth, I can drink it. I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm getting used to the, the, the nuances of, of different uh, barrel age and different things like that. At this but, point, I'm, I'm getting better with the subtleness of it. Yeah. I do taste the tobacco. I taste, and, and I had a flavor wheel okay. that, that, that guides you and kind of like trains your brain. Okay, this is what I'm tasting. Yeah, see, that's what I, I think that's what I mean. It'd actually be fun, future podcast idea, keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a whole whiskey tasting podcast. Yeah, I think we could absolutely do that. In fact, we're probably going to do a taping in a new location next week or the week Ooh, after. I heard about this. In a uh, in actually a bourbon slash like whiskey club, Ooh, which yeah. is pretty neat. Uh, yeah, I, I met the gentleman who owns the place. His name's John. Amazing guy. He's very down to earth. Please, 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 please do. Uh, and he said that this is his favorite one he makes, and I'm pumped to try it. Uh, it's been hard to track down. We got I got found I got lucky in Colorado Springs, found a bottle on the shelf. Little ASMR for you guys on pouring this. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing I first uh, noticed when you guys talk about taste, um, for whatever reason, like my my sense of uh, smell usually leads me to what it, it, it tastes like. So try that one first, and then the color. So see how the color is kind of light, almost looks like a scotch. Yes. Yeah. That's the three. Yep, yep. That's the three year. Right. It's it the okay. young, the younger, younger, younger one. Yeah. Right. So basically, and as they as they barrel age, you get a little bit darker. Yep. Yep. And it's small batch, meaning they took couple of barrels, four or five barrels, blended those barrels, then put them in a different barrel, and then that's what they created. So, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Glad to be back. Hmm. I do taste the car- uh, caramel right away. You know what? I actually do taste the caramel as well. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Do you smell it too? That is... Uh, I, I taste vanilla. Vanilla, yeah. Sweeter. Yeah, I do good. taste the caramel on this one, actually. Yeah. That is extremely smooth. Wasn't it good? Like, holy shit, that is smooth. Yeah. And again, most of the bourbons that we're, we're drinking are 90 proof plus. Yeah, this one. This is 96, is I believe. Thing, right? 96 proof. Yeah. Yeah, 48% alcohol, 96 proof. Um, man. Yeah. And we'll put some information in the, in the pod here. Yep. I like um, so you, if you wanted to try this one, highly recommend. This is really good. I'm impressed. It's really good. Wow. Did not expect that from me. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, not going to do a, a, you know, a rocks rating yet, but I got a feeling out of the three, we're... This would be, it's faring, it's going to fare well. Yeah. And well, and it was limited release, so you were like, well, should True. we open it? Should we not open it? I'm glad yep. we opened it. No, absolutely. So, JC, do you know where this distillery is located in Castrock, specifically, uh, by well, chance? he actually has a tasting room up in Thornton. Okay. But they're in the process of building a tasting uh, house in Castrock. Uh, if you know Castrock, it's sort of by DCF Guns. Um, yep. It's, Got you it. know, COVID sort of delayed everything. But, yeah, it's that's where they're going to start. Can you get this outside of Colorado? You can, yeah. They they have a an extended um, 
distribution network. Perfect. But uh, and they're going to be at a lot of festivals and fairs, so they're going to get the name Outlaw. They're going to be at a lot of biker events. So they'll be at Sturges. They'll have a tent set up. Cool. And different things like that. So, yeah, so if you guys are listening outside of Colorado, I mean, absolutely. Put this yeah, up. we'll definitely put a link down to the information because I highly recommend checking out these local people. John's an awesome guy, man. He's just you meet the you meet him, you wouldn't expect he has this and super super cool. That cat. Is, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. That's really they, cool. uh, well, quick little. I did try the one before this one. It's a peach. So I've never been a like a flavored bourbon. No, I saw they do peanut bourbon. butter as well. Yeah, so it's actually really really good. So. Peanut butter whiskey is dangerous. By it the is. Way. Yeah. There's actually in San Diego. Uh, that's one of the first. Distillers of peanut butter whiskey. I didn't know really? Screwball. Oh, right. I didn't know yep. it was down there. Screwball's in San Diego. So, as, all, uh, as always, as we drink our bourbon and enjoy it, a lot of times we have to drink it because we're talking about topics that might seem a little painful. Right. And I would ask you gentlemen, um, what have you seen lately with your energy bills? It went up. Mine, I think I'm at 30%. 30% up? Okay. 30, 30% up. Jameson? Yeah, same thing. I mean, we went up, uh, I think, 25, 30% uh, month over month from last month until this month. So it's, uh, it's hurt a little bit. Yeah. You add inflation, which we all know is going on, stuff that we talked about the previous two weeks. Now your energy bill that you're used to being, what it, in Colorado, we've been lucky. Like we're the 50th, um, ranked 50th in energy costs, meaning like our costs were uh, only more expensive than two other states. Yep. I just know historically we've never had to really worry about it because we've been relatively low, not relatively, extremely low compared to the rest of the country. But lately we've been getting a bunch of phone calls. We're seeing some information on social media, people frustrated, and understandably so. In some cases, um, the bills have gone up 50% year over year. So whatever it was last year, 50% higher than that. So let's get into a, a couple of the reasons why. So Oscar, you want to explain a little bit about what's going on? Um, well, again, stat man, but you were saying that um, it had to do with the war. Mm-hmm. It had to do with a little bit of inflation. Um, tell us why. So costs are very much like energy. Energy costs are very much affected by net, uh, global connections and different things happening around the world because of. So right now, like Russia is one of the largest producing countries of uh, fossil fuels. So your gas, oil, whatever. So if countries decide they don't want to buy energy from Russia, then that energy then has to be sourced by other places. And when you take away one of the largest suppliers of energy in the world, it also will affect everything at home. So that's one of the biggest effects. The other one is environmental fluctuations that we can't quite predict. So for example, in February, of this last year, we had a four-day period, which was like a, a crazy freeze, essentially across the, the south midwest of the country. One so, of the warmest states froze. Yeah, Texas basically Texas. froze over for four days. You know that saying, when hell freezes over? And that was Texas. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no offense to Texas. I'm from, I love no Texas. Texas. I'm from te- no I offense Texas. to Texas, but y'all froze over. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just saying. And, and, and it was not accounted for. Right? No, no. So and I'm going to be asking the questions because these two did a ton of research. I was still on vacation mode. So, yeah, so I'm going to ask you the questions because I'd like to know too. The big, well, the biggest fluctuation was in, in, in natural gas prices. So basically in that four-day period when the middle of the country froze over, on average, we were uh, the cost of natural gas was $2.8 million per BTU units used. That's what normally it is. And that four-day period, it actually jumped up to $23.8 million per BTUs used. What's the percentage on that? That's like over 20,000% increase. Wow. That's wow. It's insane. That's so For a very small period of time. Yeah. And we heard all the stories in the news where like energy costs in Texas are going up because yep. they're, they're on their own grid and it's it's really more challenging. Colorado, we're lucky. We always have um, people looking out for us. So there's actually protections for us not to get hit with those right. uh, fluctuations. But basically, the energy companies took the hit on that. Yep. And that equated to roughly $677 million in added costs to these energy companies. That's crazy. So what so were they? Eight. And they, they ate it. They ate it. They ate it right there. So now they've talked to you know legislation. And for the most part, they're getting approved the ability to pass that cost on to us, the consumers who use that energy. Who, who that made case. that determination? What do you mean? The man. The man. The man yeah. did. The man did. Yeah. The man did. So it, not all of them have been approved, right? So XL, the largest uh, energy 
you know, provider in the yep. state. Call they on. still haven't had their approval on it. Uh, but basically what it comes down to is in a five month period that they just started last month. Yes. We're going to see an increase. But you guys saw that, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, we're going to see, incre- we're gonna see an increase in energy costs. And the biggest month that's going to affect us is going to be in December. Yep. And so we should all feel between a 44 and a 70% increase in our energy bill in December. Yep. And again, I'm, I'm on a co-op. I think you two are mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was still there. Yep. yep I, was. I was still, I think I'm 26, <clears throat> 27%. Today. It was, yeah. it was yeah. still there today. Yeah. So you're saying we're going to increase another 50%. No, no. I'm saying from December 2021... It's going to, to December 2022, you should see a roughly a 49% increase in your energy bill. So the 27 plus, I'm going to go up to 40, 50%. Correct. So another 20%. Or so. Correct. 25%. Okay. Yeah. If you talk to Excel and they, they did a pretty good interview uh, a couple months ago, they're anticipating 16 to $25 a month, somewhere around there for increase in energy bills for the average household right now. Is there a term on that? <sighs> until they pay off what they're indebted, right? Okay. Because that, that cost they ate, I mean, the, we'd love to see it, I think they said five to seven months. Of about, five, about, about five months period, they want to pe- peanut butter spread it. Yep, so oh. peanut butter spread it. We'll see though, right? Because right. that's, you're still talking inflation and you're still talking ongoing conflicts uh, in Ukraine and Russia. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen um, that may elongate that a little bit. So mm-hmm. we're hoping not, but all we can tell you is that be prepared um, for that type of, of cost increase over the next five to seven months. Um, and again, it's, you know, people working from home and people go back to the office, things can fluctuate based on usage. We don't know what's going to happen in the next six months, but that's kind of what we're looking at. I think a, a good point you hit. So now you have more people at home working from home using yep. the t- yeah. utilities. You have obviously the environmental issues that cause like the, you can't control a cold storm that happened. Right. You have a conflict across the other uh, 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 world, other side of the world that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. affect supply demand. And then you have the natural increase in costs over time. And then there's a couple other like legislative issues that have happened across the country. So whether it be, you know, moving to a more re- renewable source of energy and c- shutting down coal plants or raising costs to help uh, lower income families afford whatever, like all this is sort of coming to a head. And the question keeps getting asked, especially if you think about, you know, cost how, of How gas. do I remedy that? Yeah, how do we fix that? Uh, what are the options? Uh, gas prices are high. What about an electric car? Mm-hmm. So those things start to come up and people start asking us the question, um, hey, Colorado has 300 sunny days a year, more than Southern California. Does solar make sense? Yep. Yeah, and I think it's an important distinction too, right? The whole purpose of of what we're talking about today is not to get into whether or not green energy is the future, if it's worth it, the cost that are associated with it. Our Our purpose is to give you guys you know, as much information around what we see from a real estate standpoint so that you guys can make a decision. Because if you drive around uh, any of, you know, a lot of the new build communities, right? Lennar, Meritage, uh, Richmond's starting to do it. They're including solar panels onto some of their homes. And not, does not that just mean including, they're no option. Yeah, including is in, they're there. They're yes. building yep. with it. It's yep. not an option. Yep. We're going to build the house with solar panels. Right. And what does that mean? Yeah, and right. as a consumer, I mean, that's, that's a big... There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of agreements that you guys have to sign if you're looking at new builds uh, where you say, hey, I'm going to get solar energy, but does it make sense for me? And our job, hopefully today, is to give you guys enough, you know, just food for thought to make uh, an educated decision if it's right for you guys, right? Because the fact of the matter is, like JC alluded to, energy costs are going up. That's just, Mm -hmm. that is a fact. Um, there it's the current administration, uh, has signed into a massive bill pushing us towards green energy with a ton of tax incentives, which whether or not you agree with it is going to incentivize people, companies and industries to go greener. Right. So, and you'll always have a choice, but at this point, what makes sense for you guys. So if you're following along at home, uh, you know, take notes. There's a lot of information we're going to go over, uh, a lot of different options. And uh, we just hopefully want to make it a little bit clearer for you guys going forward. The big picture, right? We're going to do the basics, big yep. picture. And when it comes down to it, fine line, what are you signing with these things? Yeah, exactly. The Like Oscar said, builders are putting panels on homes. Mm-hmm. The governments and uh, different entities are going to be incentivizing putting panels on houses. We just want to make sure that if you're going to go buy a house with panels or you want to put panels on your your house, you are going to make the best decision with the information that's available to you so that you can see the benefits or, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense. Yep. Right. So let's say um, you're going to get panels. What are some of the options for getting them on your home? You could buy them outright. 
Yep. We James, could, what else? You could lease them. Yep. Or? Or you could do what's called a power purchase agreement. PPA. In which case, somebody, uh, PPA, as it's known in the industry. Break, break that one down first. Break down PPA first. So a power purchase agreement essentially is a third party owns the panels. Mm-hmm. And they come to you, the consumer, that's either, and the beauty of it is you can either be owning, you could be renting, you don't have to own the house itself. They use you as what we call a host. And they say, hey, we are going to give you energy at a certain fixed rate um, per kilowatt hour used, right? Okay. And that rate will never change per kilowatt hour used. And kilowatt hours, like how would you Kilowatt hours it? essentially is how much power your household uses within certain time frames as you go throughout the day, right? Perfect. You'll hear things like, you know, peak, peak hours, so on and so forth, uh, in it's, which case- It's the cost of the energy you're yeah. using. Basically, it's like if you fill up your car with gas, uh, at that point, you know, I'm gonna pay $3.69 a gallon for my gas. It's your price per gallon. And it's my price per gallon, right? It. It's essentially the same thing for solar panels, really any energy coming into the and, home. And the benefit, like, so with the price per gallon, the way that they've changed the power rating in Colorado is, and, and this is across the country for the most part, is yes. based on supply and demand and that particular time you're using it, the price per gallon changes. Correct. So yes. like at two o'clock in the morning, the price per gallon is a lot less than 6 p.m. Correct. in the afternoon. Yeah. Which, so which think you, about it, think about it like Lyft and Uber, right? If any of you guys have taken Lyft and Uber before in your downtown, pick a metropolitan area, you take an Uber at 7 p.m., right? After a Nuggets game. From a, to a Nuggets game, to it might Nuggets cost game. you 110 bucks. Then you leave. You go out to the bars, you hang out. Maybe you have some outlaw legend because you found it at a whiskey bar downtown and you decide to leave at two in the morning. What's that same Uber cost at two o'clock in the morning? It costs $300 to go the same difference. The, sorry, the same distance, right? Mm-hmm. That's how most of the energy uh, e- equations work when it comes to how much they charge the consumer. With a power purchase agreement, essentially that Uber and Lyft drive stays the same per mile that you take it no matter what. It just depends on how much you use it. Which is cool information. We started comparing our households. And, yes. Um, my household uses the most kilowatt usage during peak time. Yep. Correct. Which means, Oscar, leave your house during peak time. No, right? not, not my family needs to leave the house during peak time. Then you go do some stuff, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. So to real life example, right? We talked about that a couple times. So Oscar and I's house are relatively similar. Actually, his house is bigger. Family size, you have one more family member than us. Right. We used more power, but we used it and not the peak Different times right. compared to Oscar's family, and our bills are about the same. Right, and I have a stay-at-home mom, so you know they're they're constantly there during peak hours, yeah. and then kids are asleep at a certain time, and then we don't really do much after that. Yeah, so sense. it's also it, our, our bills are similar, but we use different. Use it at different times. Different yeah. times, and, and the peak time is costing me more money. And that's that's so that's where the PPA comes into play. Is you're going to pay the same amount for the energy no matter when you use it. You're right. just going to pay for the amount of energy you use. Yeah, that, at, if that at, makes at, sense. At a guys. set rate. At a set rate. And, and it's and, usually below what the normal would be. Correct. If I take an Uber ten miles, whatever that rate is is going to be the same. If I take that same Uber thirty miles, the rate is going to be the same. I'm going to pay more because I'm using the Uber longer. Correct. Versus the other way that we talked about is if I use that 10 mile Uber at three o'clock in the afternoon versus two o'clock in the morning, it's going to be vastly different. Yes. So that's the biggest thing. And then there's no upfront cost because essentially the third party is using you as the host. So you don't have to pay for the actual solar unit, which is what we're seeing with Lennar as one of probably the better examples here in Colorado, but nationwide, that's what builders are trying to starting to do is the power purchase agreements. Love it. The PPA, you're, you're buying them. You're you're buying it with the PPA, or are you no, just so in the, the, the so PPA is owned by the third owned party? By a third party company. Right, but is it a, it's it a, is it a term to buy? Nope. No, no. So it's it's so a lease that a, runs anywhere from twenty to twenty five years, and that's it. Okay. Basically, they own it. They get yeah. the tax. So the buy for is it buy everything. right out, yep. with whether it's yeah. termed out or not. Correct. Yeah, and we'll get Correct. we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So the, the PPA essentially, basically, the company who puts them on your house owns them. Right. They're selling you that energy at a set price per usage. No matter what day time day of the time you use it, but what, you're going to know what you're going to pay for energy, so it's predictable. Whereas every year, like right now, we found out this year, our energy costs can be 50% higher in December. Yep. You wouldn't have that problem on the electric side. Natural gas would change, but on the electric side, you wouldn't have that fluctuation like you and I and Jameson mm-hmm. would experience. Now with the lease, it's slightly different. So the lease is they're going to put the uh, third party company is going to put the panels on your house. 
and you're going to pay a set fee per month for those panels. No matter how much or no. how little energy you use. hundred percent. Yes. So you can use, I mean, this is where it's kind of neat if you had a like electric car or multiple electric cars. Correct. You plug that yeah, thing if you're in. you're an energy or an electric, electrical energy dependent uh, home. Crypto farming. Yes. You put panels Jeez. on. You, you put you put panels on your house. You're going to pay the least fee for the set duration, 15, 20, 25 years, whatever it may be. Yep. And that's what your monthly payment will be forever for always. Yep. Okay. Or, well, in the duration of that contract. Yeah. So to summarize real quick, right, if you guys are following along, power purchase agreement versus a lease. There's very, very large difference. Both of them are owned by a third party, right? The difference is on a power purchase agreement, you pay a set amount per kilowatt hour, and then you get charged as you go above and beyond the usage. So if your usage fluctuates a month, your payment's gonna fluctuate per month based on how much you use. With a lease, you are paying a monthly flat rate, which means that if you use more one month, you're not gonna get charged more. If you use less one month, you're not gonna get charged less. So flat fee. Flat fee versus lease, flat and then fee PPA lease. PPA. Yep. It's static. Static. Based static. On but if I use less one An month or more one will. month, then I'm going to pay more one month. I may pay less the second month. With a lease, it's all the same no matter what. So okay. that's why we talk about if you're a consumer, in you know you have kids that are gaming and you've got a work from home office and you've got two Teslas and a Polestar, then these are the things that you want to ask questions about as far as what makes the most sense to you. If you want something that's going to be a flat rate then the lease is the way to go. If you want something that's gonna be a flat rate for per kilo, kilowatt hour, then a PPA is the way to go. The beauty of both of them is you don't pay any upfront cost for the actual equipment itself. Correct. But you don't get any tax benefits, right? Correct, yes. exactly, Correct. because you don't own them. So okay. now that brings us to the third one, which is owning your financing. Outright. Yeah. So when you buy them outright, it's basically what it sounds like. You're gonna pay for the panels in two ways. You can just pay cash. So in Colorado, the average solar system costs Thirteen to eighteen k, depending on your the servicer. Well, the size of the roof, right? Because you're paying for panels right. and, 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 yep. the, and the surface of your roof. If you have a ranch house, which is larger surface area, it might cost you more. But keep in mind, the more panels you have, the more energy you can draw, which is beneficial. And uh, the other option with buying, you can finance them. Now, with that, with that said, mm -hmm. with the leasing and PPA, can you use batteries? No. No. Can you store? You no. cannot. Okay. No. And that is something that uh, Oscar brings up a great point, great point right? because Oscar. what's happening right now, and I, I, I got to look at the stat, so I'm going to give you a ballpark. It's not going to be exact, but right now there's only about three to 4% of solar panel systems on houses that are paired with batteries, Batter. which a battery for you guys uh, is just a way to store the energy, yep. right? And you can't do that if you're leasing or a PPA because the third party company essentially sells the excess power that your solar panels draw to the grid. So they don't want you holding some of that for yourself. But if you purchase, right, or you finance, then that gives you the option to actually put in a battery pack, which right now I think the average is about three kilowatt hours uh, per storage. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, uh, and that's a, yeah, there's yeah. there's a pros and cons of that, but it is getting more and more um, uh, pertinent in today's world. You know, Tesla's got a battery pack that they sell. Yeah. There's a couple of different ones, but yes, if you are leasing or if you have a power purchase agreement, you cannot have a battery. If you are purchasing or financing because you own the system, you can have a battery. Yeah, and the battery is where it changes the whole game. Yes, it does. So now, assuming you have a really nice like array of panels on the top of your house that you own or are financing to own, you have a battery backup. Let's say the power goes out. Yep. Which you're not dependent. Certain certain parts of the, the, the country, i.e., California, Texas, when it got cold. Mm -hmm. Um, the northeast. So uh, you're going to start New seeing York. it more in Arizona and in uh, Nevada, New Mexico, as the temperature continues to rise. You're going to now have the ability to create your own power with panels, store it, and use it at your will. Mm -hmm. And I think real a, a quick side note, right? As we're talking about this, guys, the reason we're bringing it up <laughs> is so if I were to take a poll and ask, you know, a hundred households what their average energy bill was what do you guys think the amount of the percentage would be able to tell me to the dollar like what it is well we it's funny you say that we threw this question around what two days ago when we started talking about this topic yeah 
And first off, I didn't know my password to log in. So oh, I had to like reset that. Know what you're paying. Yeah. And then JC's been hacked, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> His password is password. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when we looked at it, we're like, oh my God. Right. But the reason that is, is because, I mean, I'm on auto pay. Yep. Right? I'm on auto pay. Cool. So, you know, kudos to. The, what I found out it was 285 a month. That's insane. Yeah. But kudos to the energy companies for saying, hey, by the way, this is what's going to happen. I yeah. mean, they should, right? It's transparency right. and there's rules and regulations and things that they need to make sure that we understand. But the reason we're bringing this up is as we start to see this kind of shift from fossil fuels to potential green energy, I think it's important for anybody that's watching to make sure you guys take a look at your utility bills. Yes. And it's interesting. Like I said, I looked at mine and it was like, well, Oscar's like, I'm going to kick the family out. No, I'm going to put us off switch. I'm <laughs> click off. Okay. Well, and also, like, when you think about, like, Next what episode is Doomsdayers <laughs> featuring Oscar. Yeah. Doomsdayers and no, Preppers. No, Oscar. Next episode, Oscar he's getting a divorce, taking the family somewhere else yep. where they can use energy. He's oh, going to put him in yeah. a teepee over here. <laughs> no, no, but it's 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 eye-opening. It well, is. It's, it's, it also, in a lot of ways, it should be considered into the cost of home ownership. Yeah. So we, when we look, we, we, we go get qualified for a house. We look at our monthly bills and, like, what they cost per month. Why don't they look at it? utility because you can't have a house without power you can't have a house without water but they you don't could but you're back in <laughs> and, and again what, what does that mean in real estate so when when you're doing the real estate transaction due diligence right the due diligence documents you could ask for the excel bill mm -hmm. yeah, you know absolutely. what's the average of 12 12 months yeah. what does that look we, we, like we can get that energy efficient homes outside of what we're talking about heck mm -hmm. you could look at i mean at the end of the day your tax assessment might go up because you have solar panels on the house right. versus not right yep. and that we don't you don't calculate that. No. It's and it's one of the strategies we have for home, home buyers is we don't necessarily focus on the price of the home, but we focus on your cost of your monthly you payment. Your monthly cost, right. Because we can go get you a house in the same, like, I mean, same neighborhood yes. in Castle Rock. There's one street away, but the tax assessment is almost like 30% higher across the street. Yep. So that same house for 450 is going to cost you the same as a house for 500 across the street, just because the taxes are different. But we don't talk about that when it comes to energy costs. 500, I mean, up north, I do a lot of stuff up north. Yeah. Dunes Park, Henderson, that whole area, you go across uh, the highway, $3,000 difference that's in insane. taxes. Yeah. So, the, and that's why this is a big hot topic is- um, and People are trying to cut costs. Yeah. And right? in some yeah. ways we can control a lot of this with you know, the decision to either get or not get solar. Because we can uh, effectively either set a cap on our monthly energy bill, mm -hmm. or also maybe get a benefit of it. And, so, and it comes down to the nasty word that I don't like, and everybody doesn't like, budget. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're budgeting out. But it is important. It right? is like, very important. That's, as that's much why, as we don't want to talk about it, it's very important. And yeah. that's why we want to bring it up because as we talk through buying or financing solar panels versus uh, power purchase agreement versus leasing, you know. The, the purpose is number one. Hopefully, you guys go home and you know take a look at your energy bills because due diligence. We also we took a look at right. ours and I was like, oh my god, like that was crazy. But I can't make a decision on if solar is right for me if I don't know what I'm paying, right? True. right. And then I can't sit there and take a look at a new build that all of a sudden has you know a power purchase agreement on it without knowing all the facts, right? So and, and, and how not, it equates to what my current energy case bill by is. case because we're on a co-op, right? Yes, we're all on the co-op, but. It's not far off from Excel. No. 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 So yep. it's the same ballgame. And we, this came up with the PPA because we put a house on the market yesterday, or I think today, in one live. In one live. Too. And we didn't quite understand. So it had panels. We thought they were owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the just shameless plug, JC, where, what address is it? <laughs> Wenatchee. It's in, a, it's in a Southeast Aurora Inspiration, gorgeous home. Um, Reach out to JC. Private tour, let us know. Stan, Brad, Center, put it on the market. So just before we get into like how this affects real estate tra uh, transactions, buying panels, benefits yes. are, number one, either you buy them cash, which is going to be between 13K and 18K. Which, by the way, that's down so far almost 53% yes. um, over the last couple of years. Yes, so as it get, has gotten a lot cheaper. As we learn how to And more efficient. Them, yeah, more yes. efficient and more, more effective. Uh, you're going to be able to get the tax benefits. So there's like a 30% tax benefit that's uh, nationally uh, available. Yeah, so Colorado's tax benefit expired, mm -hmm. but the new Renewable Energy Act that was, uh, or, or Inflation Reduction Act that was signed uh, brings back the federal tax benefit. So 30% up until um, it starts to tear down in 2033. So for the next 
11, call it, yeah, 11 years basically, right? If you decide mm-hmm. that you want to finance and purchase your own solar panels, you can take advantage of a 30% tax uh, $20,000, rebate. we're talking about 6K. 6K. So yeah. almost 50%, like that's insane. That's a crazy, crazy. But your break-even point gets that much shorter, so, yeah, which we'll talk about here in a second. But yeah, and that, then, and then it tears down from 2033 through 2036, it goes down to 26%, 25, 24, 23%. So essentially, you have about 15 years-ish right now in the current bill um, to make that decision and reap those tax benefits. Love it. Again, you're a host if you're leasing or PPA. Correct. And you're not going to get those tax benefits. Yes. And then on top of that, with you buy panels, you can buy a battery pack. Yep. And now you're legit off the grid. So you can store your own energy you create with your panels and not have to be holden to any energy company, whether they go out because of a power, you know, outage or you know if it's too expensive like you you, right. you control and own this is the same thing with the rainwater stuff that came out so you can put now like catch panels yeah you basically are off the grid you control your own costs and you can own your own energy you're producing with your own panels but again do your homework because that might not be best for you because exactly. it's longe- longevity of ownership of home maybe leasing makes more sense so we're, we're not promoting go buy them no, right? just, we're not. We're, we're just giving, giving pros, information. Pros and cons of each one. Pros and cons because because leasing or PPA might be more yeah. beneficial yeah. for for what your purpose of your home is. Yep. So to, to Oscar's point, very quick side note: if you were to finance solar panels, right, and we're not going to take the tax uh, benefits in account. I'm just saying, if you say eighteen thousand dollars is what it's going to cost you to put solar panels on your house, and you want to purchase and finance them, the average term is about twelve years. Yeah. Right. Twelve to fourteen years. So yeah. that means that you're coming out of pocket. Twelve to twenty thousand dollars, depending on the system, how many panels you're going to finance it for twelve years. The average time somebody stays in a home is five to seven years. Five to seven years, right? So now, if you take the tax benefit, you redo that calculation. You see how much you guys save per month. That's just data points for you to decide. A lease or a PPA, if the goal is to just lower your energy cost in general, but you don't want to necessarily come out of pocket, then that option may be the best for you because there is no upfront cost. Right, you just pay that monthly rent, or you pay the per kilowatt hour that's set by the third-party company, and that allows you to have the benefits of a lower utility cost without having the you know uh, the larger upfront cost. The difference is if you again going back to if I live in my house for five to seven years, what does that look like when I go to sell my home? And that's what we're going to kind of talk about next. But those are two big differentiations as you guys are going through and you're having the solar panel people knock on your door, right. questions to ask them. Am I, um, am as I, you decide to make am I buying on my leasing is the PPA right. the last benefit with buying is any energy you produce above and beyond what you use for your home and household usage you can actually sell back for credits on energy um, to the company yep. that you're, you're, you're using right ie like let's say um, you you guys I don't know if you remember the whole rollover minutes from T-Mobile right so if you every month do if you not do, make phone calls there's still there's still countries that do it oh really Dang. oh yeah well yeah we're not yeah, yeah. like you any go. energy you create that is above and beyond your usage you can actually sell back four credits on future usage of energy yes i.e. so in the summer let's say you generate a ton of energy because it's AC's sunny blasting and, and it's yep. it's it's really hot outside and we have another cloud in the sky but then you fat um, you're only using half of the energy you're actually generating come January, where it's you know snowing, there's a blizzard, the clouds out. You're using more energy because the heat's on and all the other nonsense. You're in the house more. If you use more energy than you're producing, then you get to use the energy you got credit for from the summertime now. So pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Over. So now, like as they said, uh, real estate transactions. This is where it gets a little. Yeah. What does that mean for real estate? I mean, this is good, great data. Yeah. I mean, the feel goods. You know, minimize your carbon yep. footprint, all that stuff. But what does it mean with the real estate transaction? And that's where it gets complicated. So let's go ahead and get into three things. So I wanna know like how you have panels on your house, does it create more value? Number two, what challenges does it have to sell a house? Sure. And number three, like, is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think we can break it down pretty simply, right? If you own the panels, you can add that to the value of your house. Why is that? Because essentially it is something that is benefiting the homeowner that is measurable over a long period of time, right? Because I can sit there and say that, you know, if if I own if I own the panels on my home, mm-hmm. then I can include the solar panels based on just standard appraisal requirements, which are gonna kind of vary. Um, the 
if they're financed, right, it's it's a fixture of real estate. So essentially, what, because, do you mean, what does that mean by fixture of real estate? It, it's attached it's, to it's the property. Bolted onto it's the bolted house. onto the it's, house. Anything that's bolted onto the house is a fixture. Yes, which means it's appliance adds, or not. It adds value to that. It, it's it, it's it's conveyed with the property. Correct. Yeah. So uh, if it's conveyed with the property, anything that's conveyed with the property, very similar to square footage or adding on a sunroom or anything like that, it's going to add to the value of the house. Correct. Right. Um, and if if you own them, yep, you get the ability to sell energy back to the energy company. Correct. You have the ability to store the energy. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's actually a there's a cost associated with that ownership. Right. So that value you're saying would be added to the appraised value of the home. Correct. And, and yes. according to NAR, it's four point one. Similar or NAR. I mean, you, What's we, NAR? We looked it up. Uh, National Association of Realtors. Um, they, I can't remember if it was. NAR or Zillow, they said 4.1% nationwide. Like both of them said that. Right. Nation, and on average, we, we looked at some yeah, appraisal that's about, values. That's about right. If you think about yep. the cost of the house, yeah, that's about right. Yep. So what, like in a, you know, average house, Colorado, $550,000, what does that equate in value added on an appraised value of a home that when the panels are owned? About seventeen, twenty thousand, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Somewhere around there. Absolutely. Done. Yeah, it makes yep. sense. Cool. Easy. Easy math, right? So then what happens if you lease the panels or have a PPA in the panels, how does that add value to your appraised value? So did, well, and I may be going off topic, but what, what does that mean when you're trying to finance the house, right? Well, there, there's value there, but then you're, you're talking about assuming a lease, assuming debt. How would that affect that? De debt to income, because now you got to qualify for this. You got to qualify for their lease. You got to qualify. And so explain that, Oscar, a little bit more when, you, when you're saying DTI, quality. debt to income. Yeah. So right. let's say I'm buying a $550,000 house and I have to assume a, a lease or a PPA on panels. How would that affect my qualification? If you're, well, so when it comes down to financing, the debt to income is, is you're allotted a certain amount of percentage. So if it's let's let's call it thirty two percent with FHA of what? front end of, of your your housing expense. So basically, like what you make in a month, what you make in a month, and what you're paying out, that's on credit. So your your monthly payment and then what's on credit, car loan, exact exact any loan really, any right? loan any that's gonna revol that's gonna show revolving, up on credit. Revolving credit. Not, revolving not your Excel bill, not your cable it's, bill. It's your revolving credit. It's your revolving credit that's gonna come up on credit. Now say so, that's tight. So let's say like you have a car payment, four fifty a month. Right. You have a minimum monthly payment on the credit card, total fifty bucks. Yeah. You have a uh, RV loan, student loan, student loan. Because they haven't been forgiven yet. They basically take all those, add them up. So let's say you made you're selling ten grand a, a month before taxes. You would basically uh, take the ratio of what your monthly minimum payment obligations are, and divide that by your income. You. Right. And then that would be your ratio. Right. Correct. So if now. Conservatively, typically. Yeah. Let's, let's say 50%. So uh, of, 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 of your, of what your, your potential payment mm -hmm. with PITA, right? Principal interest, taxes and insurance and what you're paying on credit. So you take that, the banks, again, the middle of the road on average 50% back in mm -hmm. which is all of that they don't want you to pay 50% what you make over that more than 50% right so more than your income before taxes so $10,000 that's $5,000 right so they don't want you to pay more than $5,000 in uh, or more more than that in housing correct housing and so like let's say that the uh, lease payment you assume or the PPA payment mm -hmm. you assume was $150 a month. That might throw you off. Yeah. It might throw you off. What would you, like, just examples, like how much would that change your qualification? So let's say like you're buying a house for 550 mm -hmm. and you can qualify for a payment of $2,800 a month. Okay. If I added 200 or $150 a month in panels, what was your purchase price? Change? Yeah, you might go back down to yeah, you know, another thousand. Thirty thousand. Yeah. You, you know, know rule of thumb. So as opposed to looking at for five fifty, now you're looking at five twenty. Yeah. Right. And that's just what, because of panels. Right. And, and it's important on both sides, right? From a seller standpoint, yeah. It means that if you're leasing the panels, 
you may have to wait a little longer to sell the house to the right buyer because it qualifies. Because that same house for 550 really they, they is, have to assume that that same house Correct. at 550 is really thirty thousand dollars more. Exactly, and if you're a buyer, that's something to take into account because you have to then qualify for that lease through your lender to make sure that you can afford that house. So right. it does Correct. make it, it, it's not that it's not impossible, right? Like it's it's possible. It's something to think about. But it adds layers. And in a complicated transaction, like a real estate transaction, we like less layers. Like people like seven layer cake or seven layer dip, right? Something like, your mom uh, makes five layer dip. Yeah. Your mom makes yeah. Yeah. I went to Costco, they don't have seven layer, they have five layer. But as a buyer mom's, mom's and a seller, cooked. I want like a one layer. Just give me chips and guac, that's all I need. I don't need the rest of that, all that bullshit, right? But what this does is, it still benefits, right? And there's that's where the cost benefit comes from. So for a real estate transaction, let's say you can afford it, okay? So let's say you take it, it's $150 to JC's point, and you can afford it. It, it doesn't affect your DTI to the point where, yeah, you might get a little bit close, right? Or you may have to bring more money down, whatever it is. Now you have to weigh the cost of, okay, well, I can afford it. My monthly payment's gonna be higher, but I'm gonna save X amount in energy costs per month. And right. now that just turns into cost another, analysis. another complication when it comes to looking at, do I wanna buy this house? But it's not just on the buy side. No, it's on the sell side. There's too. some buyers that do not want the solar panels. Yep. Yep. Some odd reason, some of the buyers that I had did not want them. And then you got to look at your fine print. Okay, so by the way, if, if you lease. live on a golf course, don't get solar panels. Especially if I plan that JC course. Will, Dude, I will, I'm I will see, actually, beat I'm to Charlie, shit your solar panels. I'll see if Charlie can upload this photo I took out in Spring will, Valley Ranch in Elizabeth. I will wreck some panels. But on hole 15 and windows. on the fairway, Blinders there was too. one house that had solar panels and it looked like a drive-by shooting <laughs> happened on this dude's <laughs> roof. And now he paid for all these panels and you can't use them because they're absolutely Well, let's shattered. hope he leased them or had a PPA. Yeah, let's hope I, he you know, leased I, them. So they ser they're service boom, agreements, there right? There it is, right? They're service they take care of it. Layers. Maybe buying out's not, yeah. the, not, not the best. If, if you're on a golf course, <laughs> lease those bad boys. Yeah, especially, uh, I mean, with me, I got a massive slice. It's not. Let's oh, not even talk about it. I don't even good. drive. I, I use a hybrid. So yeah, so that's how it affects DTI, right? So and from appraisals, we know that it can add value depending on if you're financing versus leasing. DTI, we know that if you have to assume the lease, it's going to affect potentially as a buyer, what you're qualified for as a seller, what your buyer pool is. So it affects both sides. So, um, well, uh, appraisals, it could add value if you own them. Yes. Right. DTI. Again, you're hosting DTI you're and qualifications. You may not, you may be able to qualify to buy the house, but you may not qualify for the lease slash PPA agreement that's currently on the panels, Correct. which could eliminate some buyers from the pool. Yep. And we know that DTI, it could make that, the home that you think you're buying at 550 actually is worth closer to like 580 because of the cost of the panels mm -hmm. and your DTI. And, and again, there's there's costs to these panels. There's roofing costs, right? If you got to if you got to redo the if roof, you, if you own the, them, the company has them. to go out there, yeah. remove the panels, redo the roof, install the panels again. Well, yes. hey, what happens? What happens? I mean, Colorado every spring, we deal with hailstorms, right? Oh, uh, I think Colorado's like the number, number th one hail. Uh, number state. three. Number three. Yeah, That's number, crazy, number three right? health claims. So and, and and so ultimately, when we we're selling a house or help someone buy a house, pain will show up. It can be a pain point, yep. which could uh, definitely eliminate some buyers from the pool. And there's also some benefits, but if you don't understand them or don't uh, don't get how to like talk about them or don't know how to transition from like past owner to new owner, it could cause problems. Yep. So it goes back into the shamers plug again, right? Like work with real estate professionals who know what they're doing or have done this before, who have experience in this matter that can get you from point A to point B with as little to no stress as possible. And uh, we're, we're, we're your guys. Yeah, have, have that conversation with the seller. Yeah, And, and upload the information so you, you have be transparent. Be transparent, guys. Absolutely. If you are disclosure, an agent, disclosure, if disclosure. If you're an agent that's, that's listing a house that has solar panels, be as transparent as possible. Do your due diligence. The most the most frustrating thing for a buyer, right, is to go through, love a house, see that they have, hey, we have solar panels. I've seen that, right? Yeah. Solar panels included. Well, what does that mean? So make sure that you guys are transparent. If you're a buyer, make sure you make your you do your due diligence because it can affect a lot of different things during a transaction and work with agents that are willing to go and dig up that information to make sure. I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? So here's here's a side note on, on power purchase agreements. What we're seeing now is builders, like Oscar said earlier in the podcast, that will put solar panels onto houses and give you no choice. You buy the house, you buy the solar panels, right? Oh, and by the way, you're welcome. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're green now, congratulations. But you are purchasing the house with the solar panels. So, which is all fine and great. You save the money monthly, whatever it is. 
But at the end of that term, if in five years you want to sell the house, there are certain agreements with certain builders where the contract for the solar panels are either transferable or not transferable. If they're transferable, it just means that somebody else will overtake that agreement and things can go relatively smoothly, right? If it's not transferable, it means that that buyer is going to have to qualify to make sure that they can keep those panels on that house. And if you don't know that up front or don't know to ask that question, it could be a sticky situation where you sign a contract on a new build, you wait nine months to get into your dream home, you live in it for six years, then you wanna sell it and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, why is this so difficult, right? So make sure, and the whole purpose of this is to make to help you guys understand the differences so that you guys can ask the right questions when you're out looking for your home. Yep. And I think that's the biggest and, thing. And again, the buyers that don't want it, there are some companies where they're like, okay, we're gonna charge you $17,000 to remove it yes. and buy out the rest of the lease. Exactly. You, can you imagine that as a buyer? Like, oh, hey, by the way, Oh, you it's gonna also, cost you twenty grand. Why does my closing disclosure have me an extra? I was twenty thousand. Now I'm at thirty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, and you got to buy out the lease well, for the uh, yeah. It's happened. It's, hap- and and it's the, happened before. The, the, the shitty part. It's happened. Yeah. So. So ultimate. Uh, to kind of like um, summarize what we've been talking about with panels. So ultimate. At the end of the day, there's value for solar panels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. There's a perceived value and there's actual value. Mm-hmm. And here's how you know that there's actual value. So like when we talk about PPAs and builders putting panels on the houses, they're putting the panels on the houses because they know that like if you take the house with the panels and you sign a PPA, that you're agreeing to pay for the discounted energy costs, they're not helping you out. They're no, not, they're going to make money they, off of it. They want to make a profit on you right. because what they're doing is they're selling any excess energy that, you, that they generate mm-hmm. from the panels to the energy company. And if they have enough houses to do that, that's a really, really, really good profit statement for that company. Absolutely. So actual value for solar panels. Number one, if you are going to, if you're going to buy these panels, either you finance or buy them cash, you can actually control your own energy costs. You own the panels, you get tax benefits. Yep. 30% of the cost of the panels, you get tax benefits of it. Correct. There, there will eventually be more local uh, benefits. I, I, yes. I would venture to guess because in Colorado, like any other state, we want to get to 80% reduction in uh, fossil fuels by 2030. Correct. So to do that, they have to incentivize it. Number two, you can sell the energy you don't use back to the power company. Number three, you have your own battery pack if you put it on there. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely generate energy and 100%. use it without having to pay anybody else. It's your own energy. Control. Yeah, control. You get control. And number five, like old, uh, you have a Did we skip number monetary four? value. And when you sell your house, you actually get a uh, appraised value, like of roughly four percent. Four percent. Four percent. That's so, and, and appraisers can see it. Everyone sees it, and that's actual value if you own your panels. Correct. Um, they come with costs. If yeah. your panels go out, you might have to do a servicing yeah, just, fee. Just like anything else, your furnace goes out right. to fix it's it. It's home ownership. Yeah. So ownership. What about perceived value? I mean, perceived value essentially is this whole idea of, and we touched on it in the very beginning, right? When we talk about the socioeconomic reasons why energy costs were going up, right? Everything is connected. Mm -hmm. And a perceived value of going solar is having, you know, a carbon footprint that's less. It's understanding that you're contributing to, you know, the green energy revolution that some people will call it and and contributing to the greater good big picture saying, hey, we're going to move away from fossil fuels. Um, It's a it's a feel good, fuzzy feeling, right? Which I think is great, right? Um, And when you talk about perceived value, it's it's more hard. It's harder to quantify, mm-hmm. right? Because it's for you as a human being, um, individually. But the perceived value is essentially that I am I'm doing something that's going to benefit from a future standpoint in ways that I might not be able to see. Yet. And I would venture to say that with perceived value, like right now today, uh, the numbers bear out. Like you get panels, you're going to get the same money in, same money out. So you put money into it, you're going to get. You're not going to pay an energy bill. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's it's, it's going to break even. Well, but if we get to a point of like tipping point where mm-hmm. enough people have it, eventually it will be cool for the state of Colorado because we will now control our energy production from a state standpoint. Correct. We're not going to be affected by a war in Ukraine or Texas not being able to like figure that. Well, and we talked about nonsense. it before the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. One of our biggest issues, and Texas found this out when they froze, hell froze over. Texas. This guy hates Texas. I love Texas. I, dude, I, you know, I go back and forth. He's also never been there. What? What have you never been there? 
You never lived there. No, I've never lived there. I've been there once. No, I have gone down Sixth Street in Austin. Well, I don't remember a lot of it. Okay, but I was there. He was also there. Uh, that's a whole other podcast of stories on that trip. But the point is that I love as Austin, we continue Texas. to Sixth Street is fantastic. It loves me too. As we continue to to move forward the street, like we talked about before, Colorado's on an island when it comes to green energy, right? If you look at states like California, Arizona, and being able to share resources, ultimately that's the goal. And right now, it's going to depend on adoption rates mm -hmm. on, on how quickly this does. And we saw with Texas and a couple of the times this happened where if you've got a power grid that's very, very isolated and a catastrophic event happens, you see what happens to energy bills, to people's lives. I mean, there are stories of, again, this is crazy to me, but in Houston, Texas, people without AC for three days and it was 42 degrees out and you had all these different strifes that were happening. So I the, think that's the perceived value is as we continue to move forward, being able to bring everything together so that that doesn't happen again. So. What you're saying is actual value, do your due diligence. Yes. Do your due diligence, it's case by case. Yes. But in a whole carbon footprint, right? Yeah. We can, we can agree that solar solar energy, in a, if, if you want to do what's best for the planet, you know, that if that's your main goal, yep. great. And make that decision but based on your beliefs, 100%. Do your due diligence. Exactly. And we're here to give you the facts to hopefully make this an easier decision for you guys to make one way or another. Because at the end of the day, that's what it turns into, right? So, cool. Let, let's go ahead and jump into our uh, rock takeaways. But before we do that, I want to hear your thoughts on the bourbon because hmm. I want you to drink the bourbon first, and then after that, I want you to hear. I want to hear your rock takeaway. So, one of JC's favorite uh, phrases is, "It's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. It's just your turn." Also, if you don't have peer pressure, you don't have friends. Taste. I, don't know. Right, I have nothing to contribute to that. <laughs> Go it's first, bourbon. Yes, yeah. it's, it's light. It's um, it's on the sweeter side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for 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 ninety six proof. Um, I like it. It's 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 a light, smooth drink. Yep. If I had to rate it, is that what we're doing? We're yep. rating it right now. Remember, we, ten, ten being the worst, one being the best. And you missed it last week. Jameson messed it up. No. no. Did I mess it up last week? Did he have more wow, than guys. three pours? Wow. Okay. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> he was on the he was on the verge. In the comments, let us know if you thought. Three. Three like rocks. Right. Three rocks. Three rocks. Okay. I like you. James, go ahead and hit it up. All right. I'm gonna not mess this up this time. Thanks for telling me, guys. Appreciate it. But you did break up something last week that I liked. So old fashioned wise. Yeah, and that's what I'm gonna do. That's gonna be my thing now. So uh I'll give it a rock rating just in general, right? And then I'm gonna tell you if I would use it in the now I'm gonna go ahead and say right now I will use any bourbon you bring to my house. I don't care how rare, how expensive, how crappy, and make an old fashioned with it. That's just who I am. Fight me. So I love old fashioned. On the next podcast, we will only have two members. <laughs> and again, my whole like you thank you for every every time. Like there's a bourbon classification that's sort of like yep. who knows what's good and what's not good. If we get him to taste enough, then I think we'll we'll figure. Well, it out. I've tasted a lot, but it's my number one rule. It's my number it's one rule in my house. Like it. It's also a weird quote. I don't you like taste it enough. I don't like I, <laughs> whatever. I will make an old fashioned right. out of any bourbon you bring to my house or the, any bourbon that I'll buy. I won't disrespect the stuff you bought. I don't believe but you. But I, I will. I, I will believe you. I'll make an old fashioned out of the rarest pappy. No, I don't believe you. See, I don't care. Get out of here. No, I will. I so just will. that's just me. My rating. What do we rate last week? What was last week's? It was the uh, twelve year. Right. What did, we, what did I rate it? You did. Two, it was, we did two rocks. Two rocks, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say from a rock standpoint, I'm gonna go two rocks on this also. Oh wow. wow. I really am. From an old fashioned standpoint, I actually would not use this in an old fashioned oh. because I think it's sweet. It's already pretty sweet, yeah. right? You get the caramel tones, we got a little bit of vanilla. I think adding it into an old fashioned with bitters and with simple syrup or sugar, wherever you however you guys want to make that at home. I think it would actually make it a little bit too sweet. Oh, I agree. Now, granted, I'm going to agree with that. I'm a rye person when it comes to old fashions. Templeton's like rye is my favorite. The whiskey, nice and dry, and I want the sweetness to kind of balance that out. I actually think this is a little bit too sweet, and I would enjoy this straight up as we did or on two rocks. I'm I'm not going to retract what I said, but I I agree. 100%. Somebody kick Oscar out. I'm going to I'm going to agree 100 with that. It, it probably wouldn't make the best old fashioned. It, it would be really sweet. It's very because sweet. it's very light. Exactly. Yeah. And, and old fashioned does have the bitters and yes. the sweet and everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, be a little much. I'm super impressed. This is like, 
for a. Are we gonna get a one round through week three? Bourbon, no way. It's three years. So it is. we had for a, a young bourbon. To be honest, great. we don't know what Smoke Wagon is. Like they don't really disclose yeah, true, true, what they're because Smoke Wagon is made very similar to this, but for a small distillery in you know, call it Castle Rock, nowhere, Colorado. Um, nowhere. Freaking fantastic. I, yeah, I, it's uh, great. I zero, I, I'm gonna probably bourbon. stick with a four. Ooh. Only okay. because I thought I was being. Yeah. I do believe uh, it doesn't have enough body. Body. Okay. Like I taste the vanilla. I taste the caramel. Don't taste any of the chocolate. Yeah, I, don't, I taste no chocolate. I taste no chocolate. It doesn't give me like I, I don't know. I want my bourbon to give me a little bit of a burn, and maybe it's really? like a, maybe it's a little no, bit yeah. of a, a sweet like finish to it. Very easy to drink. Highly recommend it. Uh, I would hundred percent. Uh, start using this for closings. It was also like twenty nine dollars. Oh, that's great. For what? No, but that said, it's great. Just the price. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, and and when you talk about the burn, like it's called Booker's. Booker's is yeah. one hundred twenty seven proof. Uh, and different. Yeah. But that yeah. that 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 burn is actually it's it's part of the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so four rocks. I'm gonna go four rocks. Okay. I went three. But it's really really good for the price. I went two. And two. now I, I actually feel better with my two based on the fact that it's 30 bucks. Yeah. Oscar, on your one, one rock takeaway, what do you want to take away from today's pod? Do your due diligence. Due diligence on your solar panels. Work with an individual that knows what to look for and mm-hmm. what questions to ask and disclosure. Jameson, I'm Russ. Um, I think the... I, I'm a big picture guy. I see all the different things that are happening in green energy. And I think that, yes, everybody needs to make the decision that's best for their specific usage. Um, but at the end of the day, pay attention to what's happening globally because too often we get tied into this kind of microeconomic thing like what affects me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big problem, right? So if you look at green energy, I think it's a good exercise to say, okay, well, yes, this is what I'm doing. How does this affect everybody else around me? How do I, how am I contributing to the greater good? And I think solar power and these different things allow us to do that a little bit, which is not in our nature. Uh, so I think that's something that we need to focus on. Says a man with a, with a hybrid. I got rid of my truck. Okay. I'm just saying. Nice <laughs> I, uh, I'm a bit more bullish on the green stuff, mainly because I look at like cost and benefit ratios. So I think at, if I pay this, what do I get out? I believe that it makes sense at some point in time to like really look at gas prices as driving car, right? Yeah. Not a bunch of gas prices. And there's no way that we're going to keep the same prices over yeah. time. We've yeah, seen right. it. We see it go up. We see it go down. If I want to control all the costs in my life, I would say that panel, solar panels, if you bought them, are the number one factor in doing that. Because you can control the cost of charging an electric car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have lots of friends who have... Teslas and they cost them fourteen dollars from empty to full in the nighttime when low energy cost saving time is. So if you had panels on your house that you stored the energy and it costs you nothing free to store it, and then you put that into your car. Now for me, like you know, I have a four hundred uh, mile tank that would cost me zero dollars. That's four hundred dollars a month times twelve. Right, that's a lot of freaking money. On top of that, I control my energy costs without anyone controlling, telling me what I can do. And the one thing that we know is true is over time, energy costs doesn't keep going up. Yeah. So my gas gonna, prices right now. I'm going to sound very gross. much like a Connie or like a guy who like super into solar or all this stuff. You say Carney? Connie. Oh. oh yeah. Just communist, I guess. Right? What do you call those guys? <laughs> but anyways, like ultimately, I just I, I look at the cost uh, cost to, to, to debt income ratio of my life. And I think if I'm going to pay $285 a month for an electric bill, but if I paid that much to own panels, but then I didn't have to pay gas. And then I, yep. didn't, I didn't have to worry about the fluctuations of energy and up and downs and things I can't control wars here and, and, and freezes there. Yep. I think it makes total sense. I agree. But again, we're in Colorado. It may not make sense in Alabama. It may not make sense in Kansas. Texas. It may not make sense in what's a really cloudy state. Oh, Seattle. So, Yes, there's a lot of cool things that you can be done, and it adds value to your house. Yep. And okay. uh, so I think it's pretty cool. So that being said, if anybody watching, right, wants to talk to Oscar, JC, myself, we're gonna go round table real quick. Best way to get a hold of us. 
So Oscar, you first. Oscar the realtor. I'm, I'm getting okay. Look at, Oscar look at, at OscarTheRealtor.com. Uh, 720 297 3823. So Jameson Amaros, 720 584 3361, The Colorado Real Estate Guy on Instagram and TikTok, or Jameson at Metro5280 5280.com. Uh, you can find me at JC Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so it's a bourbon hit. In all fairness, uh, I did change my names on the internet games. So JC Phone number is the best, though. <laughs> JC at Metro5280. Uh, 720-317-9437. And I did change the Instagram and the TikTok things. We're so, getting him up to like the 20th yeah. century. So <laughs> I'm excited. But check it's it like out. I'm hipping and a hopping. But this is why I was confused. TikTok. JC Ortega, realtor. There it is. Mm. Okay. Cool. Suckers. Good. Suckers. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us. Really, honestly, we couldn't tell you how much we appreciate all your support. Yep. I know that this has been ups and downs and ebbs and flows, but... I cannot explain how much we appreciate all the support you've given us. Absolutely. Yep. It's been amazing. Please send us your uh, reviews and your uh, suggestions for uh, different Comments. topics as well as bourbon. Yep. And as always, cheers. 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 Go hug a tree, solar. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.